What did you say about paper? <laughs> I like paper. I hate technology. It's Let's a good thing you're doing a podcast then. Education is caught between the 18th century notion of the three R's and the 21st century explosion of technology, politics, and the need to prepare our kids for the ever-evolving global economy. We know parents and educators all want the same outcome for kids, happy, healthy, and independent young people, but how do we get there and what are the obstacles and pitfalls we face along the way? Join us as we ask the question, what's What's best best for for kids? Let's talk about the 21st century. Yes, let's. I hate technology on my podcast. I guess that's why I do all the editing. Well, see? See how I snuck that compliment in on myself? That was, you frost your own cake. Yep. That's what we're here for. Right. And we want to welcome and say good morning, good Friday morning to the people that have us on their drive to work. We were looking at data and statistics, speaking of the 21st century, and we saw people like us in the morning. Yeah, there's a group of you at 6 a.m. on a Friday <laughs> who are tuning into this. And They're our favorite group. You are our favorite. Yeah, so thank <laughs> you for that because it's very satisfying to see those plays by 7 a.m. What you could do right now is honk, and if you hear anyone else on the freeway honking, they're <laughs> listening to us as well. So I encourage you right now, just honk. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. <laughs> or aren't you supposed to open your window and yell, I'm tired as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore? It's mad as hell, but yeah. Um, that's a little dark. <laughs> For those of you who have seen Network, <laughs> a little dark. 77, that's Gen mm. X. Yeah, great movie. And then was on Broadway. I told you my dog was going to want to come back in the room. Okay, so for those of you who are still listening, uh, Don is trying to get one of his two dogs. I don't know if it's Rimbaud or Napoleon. Uh, Skittish Chihuahuas. That's actually my password, Skittish Chihuahua. I saw them play in 82 at Irvine Meadows. (laughs) Skittish Chihuahuas. They were really good. Yeah. That was when they got that new drummer. Yeah, the new drummer in Skittish Chihuahuas. Gosh, that dibs on that band name. He's, okay. All right, he's still dog trying to get the dog. trapped in the room. Could you do me a favor and have more problems right after we start recording? That would be really helpful. Well, I had my problem of my printer not working before we started recording, so it already put me in a mood. But seeing you... Changed puts, my mood. Puts you in a different mood. <laughs> yes, right. Um, well, we're back after our big two-parter with Rocky. So, boy, was that good. Yeah, that was that was a, a great conversation. He's such a good guy. And uh, keeping the conversation going, we're going to get him here at Torrey here in the fall, and he's looking at some other other options. But uh, I, I, we've gotten so much positive feedback about those two episodes, especially like the second one. I think people were a little like, do we really need two episodes out of this? And then everybody I talked to was like, man, the second one got even better. Well, the first one was like the setup. And then the second one slammed it home Yeah. Um, in a bit, you know, and, and really in a big, I think it would be very hard to listen to those two episodes and not feel affected. I agree. Yeah. Uh, as a as an American, as a person in the country, asking yourself, what are we doing? You know, and we're talking today about uh, lessons in the 21st century and how school is different in a in, in a positive way. But that podcast really, one of the things that struck me in my research about today's episode was how global uh, the global focus, the much much broader, bigger, big picture. Um, focus so many lessons that I looked at had. And again, going back to what Rocky was doing and saying, I mean, he's been to 22 different countries. He has a global message. There's a global impact of the drug trade, whether that's pollution and ecology, um, uh, down to the guns and the drugs. So it, it is a complex problem and we need 21st century complex thinking to solve the problem. And we need to have, keep having the conversation because I think what hit me doing that, uh, the, that two-part episode, taking that deep dive was a reminder that we keep 
getting other things we've got to solve. The other stuff hasn't been solved yet. So right. wh- whether I'm getting hammered about e-bikes or social media and wherever it might be, we've still got this fentanyl crisis we got to deal with. And as he said, it's not just fentanyl. Don't get stuck in that. Right, it's, a, right. it's a drug crisis, a drug and alcohol crisis. Let's look at these other areas. And it was a, a reminder to connect all of these dots and uh, keep hitting this topic because just because the world throws something else at us doesn't mean the other thing's been solved and we, need, we can ignore it. And what he also said was that the drug and alcohol issue is the symptom of the real deeper problem of connection, which is a topic I think we've mentioned nearly just shy of Gene Twenge. I think if you were to do a meta search on our our podcast, you'd see Gene Twenge gets most mentions and then the concept of connection and all the ways whether that's at personally with a student with themselves student in the classroom with the teacher teacher to the school parents to the school parent and kid at home kid to the community family to the community family to the school there are so many different ways we have to learn how to connect and make time for that in an environment that is ever pressing uh, and challenging our attention and focus for the record i would like everyone to note that Don mentioned Gene Twangy before I did in this episode. So I think the episode 11, we had to go into double digits before I got it in first. Right. Uh, but you're absolutely right. And, and connection is coming up more and more. I think you're going to see that in what we talk about today. And one of the pieces of connection I really value right now is we've got some uh, listener email recently where uh, someone What's had listened. What's our email address again? Uh, I think it's best for kids podcast at gmail.com. As oh, a matter of we fact. love emails. Yeah. And a parent emailed in with an app to help uh, parents control what's on a student's phone. And I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. I want to thank the listener for emailing me about it. It's called uh, Questodio, which I that think is Q right. No, Q U S T O D I O, Questodio. I, I it's think. like a custodian. I hear with cust- questions. It's a curious <laughs> custodian. Uh, but uh, it's an app. It, it's a paid app, and we don't get any money from them. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily endorsing the app. It's just something a parent shared with us that she's using uh, to control some of the um, uh, content on their kid's phone and to monitor. And so I just thank them for sharing that. And now we're sharing it with you. And I think it's also important for for uh, the the whole process of getting a kid a phone, whether that's at ten or twelve or fifteen or whenever they, that the understanding from the start is this is a, my phone that I'm letting you use, and you can expect, you know, no privacy or limited privacy or you know whatever it is that, so that the kid knows from from the outset it's a tool, it's not a personal place to live right, right and, right, and right, that right. you have i i do you you should expect no secrecy here which is different i mean i think it is vital that parents have kids that kids have a place in their house that the parent is not searching sneaking you know this is your property you know i respect your private property sure at the same time the phone is a tool and you don't get to expect that you get to have late night video chats with random people that you meet on the internet that that's not happening which is unfortunately the reality of what happens with bringing technology into the house yeah and if you want more information on that if you haven't listened to that episode yet our episode last season share beware uh is an important one uh to listen to we talked to local san diego uh detectives about the the dangers of too much privacy online on your phone and what can happen with students. So um, if if you want to know more, please check out that episode. It's called Share Beware. And speaking again about global issues, uh, uh, you know, one of the things about the internet and access to information and uh, child trafficking, it is, you know, more than 100,000 kids in America every year. It is frightening. It is, uh, you know, I think every parent's greatest nightmare. And uh, so, in light of the myriad of serious questions and issues we have to solve mm-hmm. and address, uh, we we need kids solving problems that we don't even know what the problem is yet. 
and we've also <laughs> right, got right. you know a lot of problems that we do know and you know the planet's burning it, i love michigan uh in the in the midwest i don't know if anyone socal people don't focus on chicago weather and detroit weather so much but it was 73 yesterday and it's 31 and snowing today so if, <laughs> that's normal you know yeah that's normal yeah michigan adage if you don't like the weather wait a, wait a day and it'll change for you if you don't like the season wait a day and it'll change for you <laughs> sometimes you get all four in one day right that's, right that, um, I want to hit a couple other updates, too, uh, before we get into today's topic. And because uh, we noticed that New York City is now suing uh, social media companies over uh, youth mental health. So the city of New York is doing this, not just school districts. And all the apps, Meta, mm -hmm. Instagram. I mean, Instagram is Meta, but, but you know, it's not focused on one. It, they really are looking at the, the, the mental health of teenagers as one of the major issues or topics. Um, and that's going to very much connect with the article that kind of kicked off today's episode that we'll hit in a second. Um, but the other one I wanted to go back to is we had our chat, uh, Let's Chat GPT episode earlier uh, this season there as AI is continuing to, you know, become the Terminator and take things over. Um, it's Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. Yes, <laughs> I just said that. And, and there are no notes in front of him. I can vouch. That's from Cyberdyne memory. Systems Model 101. Skynet became self-aware. I um, have to tell wait, before you say that something. That is the worst Schwarzenegger I think I've ever done. I'm embarrassed that it's now recorded and everybody <laughs> no, there, just heard there's that. There's one that's worse. Floyd and Stanley loved watching the Super Bowl. And their favorite commercial was the all the um, good neighbor uh, with Schwarzenegger. And yesterday night they were still howling, laughing at, "Be a good neighbor." Neighbor. He, he said neighbor. <clears throat> they they do the whole shtick. That's so. That's, they're new fans. So at six. that uh, that's an effective ad. <laughs> Very effective <laughs> ad. The Got good neighbor. They don't even know who he is. They Got don't. kindergartners all locked into insurance. <laughs> that's impressive. It State Farm, that's impressive. You've got six-year-old or five or six-year-olds. A month later. Yeah, talking about insurance. <laughs> well played. Um, but the other one I wanted to yeah, get, the chat GPT thing, like uh, the, the piece that really hit me after we did that, because it was still sort of in the... AI world, it wasn't new, but for education, it was still relatively new in the fall, and this is how fast it's moving. But one of the pieces that's fascinating to me right now is the, the intellectual property piece of it. You're starting to see those lawsuits coming out, say, wait a minute, if you're scrubbing you know, everything that's ever existed, yep. you're going to find my stuff. And then if you're culling my stuff down into something else, you're plagiarizing. And that's absolutely true. <laughs> like, right. it can't just do this for free. Nothing like... You know, music, all of the stuff that's pulling from other music and then making new music. Like, wait a minute, you can't do that. That's intellectual property that an artist, a writer, uh, has spent years crafting and developing, and you're just going to take it, shift it a little bit, and then call it your own. Like, you can't do that. So it's going to be interesting to watch these lawsuits come out. I think, um, gosh, I've, now I've totally forgotten her name. Uh, the there's Gene Twangy? no there's <laughs> there's a stand-up comedian uh, who I think has been the first high-profile person to jump in Sarah Silverman there it is oh. Sarah Silverman is suing over over this so I'm I'm gonna follow that as you can tell I like to follow lawsuits. <laughs> that's why we have what three episodes on the meta lawsuit or something um, yeah. and then we're starting to see around uh, uh, around the country the use of fake images um, uh, created by AI that are impacting schools and are having a dramatic impact uh, on on our kids because it's pretty right. easy We're to make a fake and then send it out and you know have it go viral really really quick and now administrators teachers parents everyone trying to figure out is this real and that whole question of what's real is now a very legitimate question. Right, and and of course we're we're still months away from the 2024 election, and we've already seen deep fake. Um, ads, deep fake videos that go viral right, right. On, on, on Twitter. But, you know, how AI uh, propagates or pushes the, the fake news cycles. Yeah. So we'll obviously hit AI uh, in a later episode as it uh, evolves and it becomes our master and we have to all bow to it. And 
Well, this was also, spinning. you know, it, but interestingly enough, like everything else, uh, the, the, there is a season in, in reading there are, there are segments of, um, computer science, computer programming people who are saying th there's been this huge push over the last 20 years to have, um, students study coding, um, uh, and programming. But now they're saying that already a lot of code is written by AI, although it's imperfect and needs to be revamped and, 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 and fine tuned. But they're saying 20 years from now that, that, that kids should not be focusing on coding today because 20 years from now, it's, it'd be like planning to be a travel agent. You know, there, there will be no jobs there. Right. Right. And also the most recent thing I read, the millions of people globally that are employed as customer service, those jobs 10 or 12 years from now are also going to be gone. That yeah. that it's all going to be digitized AI responses, which will be even great when you go into the tree, uh, phone tree from hell and start pushing the buttons and end up with the computer. And I don't know how many times I can scream agent and hit zero <laughs> before I hang up. Right. Is it star or zero pound? I don't know. Human. Yeah. So, but what led to today's episode was an article in the New York Times, which I'm now going to open how, up. How many minutes have we been doing this? Uh, 15. Yeah. 15 minutes and we're ready to start. We're ready to start the episode, yeah. We well, hey, we had a lot to catch up on because we had two pretty intense episodes with Rocky. So I'm going to give us uh, a little, little little time to catch up on uh, the world that is not slowing down. But thank you for distracting us right as I was trying to get into the topic. <laughs> That's my, that is my job on this podcast. <laughs> Quick, let's talk about Pop-Tarts. They don't call uh, me bird walk for nothing. Right. So the article in the New York Times was uh, today's teenagers, colon, anxious about their futures and disillusioned by politicians. So it got Don and I thinking about uh, something that, in fact, I just shared with uh, my entire staff today. We had what's called SC time today or student connection time and minutes uh, before recording this podcast, we went live to the whole school with a group of students. And I shared some data with them from our Healthy Kids survey about optimism uh, going down since pre-pandemic. So Still. we've, uh, yeah. Uh, now I will say at Torrey Pines, we're fortunate we're above the national average after I read this article because the national average is below 50% of teenagers are optimistic about their future. Here at Torrey, we were in the 60s, but it was down from uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, our seniors, 78% of them were optimistic about their future. And it's now in the low 60s. Uh, that's wow. a sobering number that uh, really hit me. There's some, there's some points in here I can't wait uh, to hit. But that said, we are going to, the reason this episode is called Optimist Prime is we are going to <laughs> focus, aside from me always the reason The reason it's called Optimist Prime is because the person that names the podcast <laughs> may be a little geeky. Maybe I'm a little, I'm not a huge Transformers fan, but I thought it was funny anyway. But uh, we're going to focus on some of the, uh, the benefits of education right now, the, the improvements since we were in the 80s. But before we get into that, I want to sort of dig into this article. Okay. That, well, yeah. <laughs> well said. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Thanks for listening, folks. So we've dug into the article we hope you read it yourself <laughs> one and more time say hi to your neighbors on the whole reason people are listening is so that we talk about stuff so you have to talk about stuff um, but I think uh, you know some of the big takeaways for me is that they said uh, so here it is less than half said they uh, they would be better off than their parents when they grew up a downbeat view shared among teens in many rich countries so this is Right. worldwide too this isn't just us but we've got a group of uh you know gen z in particular right now who thinks they are going to be worse off than their parents which but is I, just stunning well part part of the thing that is um it, when there is this constant flood of i um um 
ideas pushed from every angle and some of those including chinese iranian and russian bot services and and, and people trying to undermine our country uh, um issues like oh the the how the the mortgage rate seven percent you know the first house i bought in 1997 had an i had an 8% interest rate now the difference is that the housing was much even in san in san diego you know housing was uh, 10 times cheaper right. but but the idea that having a 7% or a 6% loan is unreasonable or unbelievable i mean in the 70s it was 17 18 20% now it, it that ended up creating stagflation and all the problems of the 70s yeah but um rates change that's why they're called rates and not statics right i mean if it was static it wouldn't change a rate changes based on conditions of the economy so i i think sometimes there's an element or an idea that i'm supposed to buy a house at 20 or 25 um you, you know the, the the expectation of what somebody wants today is very different from how people were thinking in in the 30s or 40s 50s 60s 70s the mentality has changed because there's so much of seeing what everybody else has i think that's part like my mom oh, I, who I grew up totally who grew up in the depression yes. said i didn't even know i was poor i mean i knew that we didn't you know i had everything i needed i didn't know it didn't matter to me that i had one dress for church or i had one pair of shoes for it was that's just what it was and we had plenty because we also had the connection of the family when had a role in a job and people you know there was the focus was different yeah so and we've hit this a lot but you know you've got this this tool that feeds into the old saying if you want to be miserable compare yourself to others right and that's right. now that's all we do you know that's Correct. our our lifestyle is to scroll through and look at what everybody else is doing. And, and you know, Gen X is just as, uh, as uh, guilty of it. I mean, I, I've stopped using Facebook entirely because I found myself having that feeling like, why are they doing something better on the weekend than I am? And then I wasn't appreciating what I was doing on the weekend. And I was doing great things. But right. I see somebody else down at some restaurant that I never heard of. And now I feel bad. Like, what am I doing? So right. I, I, I gave up on it entirely, and, and I'm still using Instagram and whatever the heck Twitter is called, but we'll talk about that. It's called Twitter. That's cesspool right. in a second. Um, but uh, I agree with you. Like, um, part of that is I can, it, it's going to continue to make you feel like you can never achieve that when you see right. that all the time, and you just kind of throw up your hands and say, fine, well, I'm just going to keep doom scrolling, you know? And it's all out, outside stuff, too. Mm -hmm. It's not that internal determination about making a goal, setting it, and reaching it. Although, you know, as we've talked about in the past, there is the motivation. There are lots of, whether if you want physical fitness, there's lots of workout programs, and, and, it's, and it's free for, in, unless you pay for content. But, but there's meal prep ideas on Instagram. There's healthy meals. Uh, so there is motivation, but you've really got to choose it and seek it and um, separate yourself from the... From right, because the, the algorithms aren't going to... Are, it's difficult for the algorithms to get that stuff to you because... Right. you got to seek it out. It's just like local news, you know, the old, if it bleeds, it leads. So the algorithm right. has been set up to give you what it thinks you're interested in. Right. And we tend to rubberneck on things. So if it looks like there's a, you know, a, a video on fails, we're going to click on it and we're going to spend more time there. So it just feeds us more videos on fails. Um, but here's a, another stat shifting gears a little bit away from uh, the social media piece is that. So among those 18 to 26, just 15% said their mental health was excellent. That is a large decline from both uh, 2013 and 2003, when just over half said so. So Is from that, 2013 to now, yeah. from 50% yeah. to 15? Wow. That is so mind-numbing. And and that is, the I think, one of the roughest times in life. You know, as you leave high school mm -hmm. and you move into college and then you get out of college, and, and, and unless you're in some, you know, for, for me, I went into the military, which gave me a sense of myself, gave me a start. I felt very solid in my next step. But for a lot of people, they're either taking on more debt or trying to leave the town or their family for the first time and in a, in a, in, and really live on their own. That is a challenging, tough time. It's 
often when mental illness, especially for men, kind of gets established, whether that's uh, bipolar or, or anxiety or depression. Um, so in schizophrenia, uh, most of that happens between in the early 20s for men. So it, it, it's, it, it is a challenging time. And if I'm focused on what everybody else is doing instead of living my own life, I'm definitely going to have a, a harder time. Yeah. Um, and I, we're going to get into some other pieces of this article as, as, as well. But I, I agree with you on the um, – sorry, I, I know I'm jumping around a little bit. But you're right. That phase from 18 to 26, that number is important because yep. that is a really, really tricky time. And they've done all of the right things. You know, because yep. they did mention this is in more affluent countries, even they've done the right things. And yet, as you say, what you expected to have the the pot of gold at the end, of that rainbow isn't there. You're but, now in an apartment you can't afford um, right. in a place maybe you didn't even want to live because it's the only place you could afford. And this I don't know, this fiction that we've sold kids for a long time just isn't isn't the reality. And what do you know? It's it's having an impact on them. <clears throat> and you're in, I, I think one of the things about being an, a, an adult or a parent that is challenging, and as I was walking my kids up the stairs from picking them up from school, is the grind, you mm -hmm. know, the laundry, the dishes, the, the, the Sisyphean tasks of the house that roll up and roll down every day, and, you know, you, <laughs> you just... <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about doing the dishes again or doing the laundry again. Like it's it it's soul crushing and mind numbing unless I I can be just I'm I don't know. There's a mindset I can have where it, I don't want to jump you know through a window, and then there are other times where it's like dramatic, but okay, I'll allow well, it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it's the first story window just to get out of the house because I can't stand <laughs> doing another load of laundry. Well, I've, I've seen the uh, first story windows of your house. Don't jump through those. They're very large and it's a great view. So don't do that. Uh, but do you know what I mean? I mean, your kids Absolutely. are out of the house. No, and my, my son, my son's still home. Yeah. Um, but even if you're by yourself, you still got to figure out what's for dinner. And yeah. it's, you know, well, he, and I was talking to a friend, the main arguments they have about, they have a 10 year old kid and the argument is what's for dinner and the scheduling, who's picking up who, oh, the practice got canceled. We got to do it at the batting cage, right? you know, and then you get traffic. Yeah. I, I, you know, over the last few years, I've really had to go some tough love with, with my son who's doing a great job. He effectively lives in an apartment under our house. So we have yeah. a, a split level and there's no connection between the upstairs and the downstairs. You have to go outside to get to the downstairs. And so he can kind of come and go like he's a tenant at our place. And, he, you know, he did it last night. I'm making dinner. He comes home and he does his own thing. And I let him know if I've got extra food. And so if he's had to figure out this adulting piece a little bit more and, you know, I go downstairs and there's piles of dishes and piles oh. of laundry and all of that sort of thing. And he's, he's going through that, that struggle. But that struggle, we've talked about this in, in the past. So that struggle should be, that is life. Like, that's right. You know, that, that's the, that's the Zen of it all. Like you've got to make doing the dishes and doing the laundry part of what you do and find some joy in that. It's, you mentioned Sisyphus. What's the point of Sisyphus is that he finds uh, bliss in the walk back down the hill. He finds the bliss and the futility because that is right. life. You know, no one's going to do our laundry for us. And, and, and I don't know, unless you're Bezos or something like that. And you Talk know. to my neighbors who have a laundry service that we watch. Right. Drop yeah, I, I think that's probably the most growing industry right now because I think we all uni uniformly uh, or universally do not like laundry. Well, I mean, yeah. where is it? It's, it's food delivery, mm -hmm. Yelp 24, Uber Eats. Right. It's those services. Right. I, I got, uh, so there's no real kitchen downstairs for my son. And a while back we got him a, a like a two burner hot plate so he could, yep. you know, make his own meals, not always have to come upstairs. Um, and he didn't use it for the longest time. He's like, oh, I'm fine. I got a microwave. I've got this other stuff. And then I finally, I had to go downstairs. I went downstairs, unboxed it, put set it up and said, here it is. Try right. it. And he's like, you're absolutely right. I should have tried this a long time ago. Now he's cooking all the time on a little two burner. doesn't even have an oven or a real stove or anything. I mean, he's probably going to burn the house down, but you know, what are you going to do? Um, I, I, hopefully the insurance is, uh, is up to date. I guess we'll find out. Um, but, uh, so getting back to, uh, the article, um, 
the other piece that came out, which was really, really interesting, I think uh, part of the uh, the piece that's got kids not optimistic is we all know we're, we're Gen X. So we've been around politics for a long time. It's never been worse. It's never right. been more vitriolic. And if we're lucky enough to get uh, Jean Twangy on the, on the podcast at some point, um, she mentions this in generations about how there is a skip. Um, Gen X isn't well represented in elected government and representative government. Right. There, there's, we've got silence and, and uh, boomers, and then it kind of skips. Gen X didn't do this as much, and then millennials have jumped in. So, yep. right, you know, the, the teens are saying they don't feel represented and represented in government at all. Their voice isn't really being heard. And when you look at the comments on Twitter when and the New York Times posted this article, and like, oh, you can see why they don't feel very well represented. I think the first one here was because it was, you know, the title of the article was, as I said again, was that they're um, anxious and apprehensive and, and all that sort of thing. And one of the first ones was uh, all the more reasons their opinions don't matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, wow, that one came out hot. Right. <laughs> like just, oh, forget teenagers. Uh, you know, we shouldn't pay attention to them. And I was just like, you know, as a veteran educator, just shaking my head. It's like that came out right away. So no, kids must be getting this constantly where it's like, oh, we're not going to take you seriously. Or we're not even going to talk to you about real things because all we're focused on is getting you into college. I don't care about all the rest of it. Well, this is the the, the 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 other difference that I think would weigh heavily, even if you took and you know, if you could trans if you could take Bill and Ted and put them in the eight in 2020 with the phone booth, um, they would end up, they would call shocked. that a bogus journey and turn around right away, <laughs> which was the name of the sequel, right? <laughs> because they went to hell actually, but, uh, and then played battleship with Satan, AKA 2020. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's just say it. Oh, not a good year, even though it was oh, the year I got married, but not a great year. Um, by, 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 I, I attended by video. Um, holy cow. But what the they would be overwhelmed by the information. There is so much access to, I mean, there was, there was a Palestine, there were, there was strife in the Middle East when I was. 15 years old there was uh you know libya got bombed by reagan i mean there was news that was happening in the 80s when we were in high school of course and but yeah we, we were also worried that someone's going to drop a bomb on us any that, well that's, any day that, now, right that's right i mean yeah. and that really i mean i did have real fear about nuclear war 100 you know? absolutely uh but but it wasn't it didn't consume us and it wasn't stuffed in our face because we weren't on technology or I, I mean, I was in front of the TV, but I wasn't in front of the TV in my pocket all day long, it, you know, in, in, in between looking at messages or Snapchats or DMs or whatever, I wasn't seeing all the stuff that's right. going on in yeah. the world. And yeah, it's I not think that constant uh, drinking from a fire hose that the, the kids have got to go through now. That's right, and 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 it doesn't look like we're even though we are winning battles. The, the new as soon as you win, the news moves on, so you don't focus on that, right? So it's yeah. the next tragedy. So whether it's gun violence in America or the climate or you know uh, the, the issues in the Middle East or Ukraine and Russia, I mean, there's a million different ways, in including the political strife and the polarization in our country and the border, and it goes on and on and on. And it doesn't look like we're having success, but that's because, you know, you've got uh, several hundred thousand loans that got uh, eradicated or whatever, student loans, that was in the news for a day and now it's gone. And right. yet that's going to, that's really going to affect a quarter million people, right? Uh, young people. Yeah. One of the few comments I liked on Twitter, somebody called the news fear porn. And yeah. I thought that was pretty accurate. It's um, true. And that what frustrated me about some of these comments too is uh, is exactly what you just said, Don. Talking about all these different things these kids are trying to process, and then people are calling them snowflakes and oh, they're weak now. And my generation was stronger. I'm like, I, I completely disagree with you. That's right. You know, the, the kids are going through so much more intense stuff now than we ever had to face. Because you're right. Yes, we were concerned that you know Russia was going to um, uh, engage in a first strike 
And right. I mean, I, one of my first short stories that I wrote when I first tried to be a writer was about uh, um, getting in a bomb shelter because we were preparing for that first strike. We uh, And um, that was sort of all the over in my head what I was thinking about. I remember we had uh, the day after this uh, right? uh, TV movie and all that sort TV of thing. Show. But we were also able to then literally shut it off, shut off the TV, get in our cars, roll down our window and drive around and our phones weren't pinging or anything else. So you have this mental break from it. Right. You're not getting any sort of mental break. It is a constant grind of fear and comparing themselves to others. And then adults who are hearing about it and turning on them <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, you're just weak. You get over it. This is why we shouldn't pay attention to them. I'm like, what is wrong with you? We need to be paying more attention to it, not less, not dismissing right. these kids. We need to be listening to them even more. And that's why at the end of our SC time today, I did a very quick survey, four quick questions. Why do you think this is happening? Tell me why so that I can dig into it with them. I'm hoping I get some good responses. Actually, while you uh, start to talk, I'm going to look up and see if I've got any responses, shall oh, we? Oh, well. We do this live. We're doing, We're doing it live. Doing don't it don't live. say it. Don't say don't. it. Can I give the reference so people can look it up? No. No. You cannot. It's a family um, show. Come on. Ooh, I have 685 responses. Wow. That's that's, that's a fantastic. quarter. Mostly seniors, which is great. Uh, seniors and juniors are talking. Love that. So my first question was, why do you think motivation among students has gone down over the last few years? <laughs> first answer here, phones. Burnout. I love the kid who answered, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, he, but he sent it <laughs> but in. he answered, I'll take it. <laughs> social media, homework, phones, social, it just gets, TikTok and social media, lots so of homework. Know. Yeah, the kids know. That's why that's why I did this. I'm like, I'm going to now share this with staff and share it with parents and go, the kids know exactly what's going on, but we're not listening to them. And why aren't we listening to them? Because we're still so focused about getting them into Stanford. Right. We don't want to listen to them. But, but, <laughs> but it's interesting. I mean, here is the kids know that the phone is distracting them, and yet they won't give themselves a break. Yeah, but we, of course, it's not that they won't give themselves a break. It is designed to keep them addicted, and they know right. it. It is right. engaging that part of their brain that is keeping them addicted. That's why there are so many lawsuits about this. Um, right. That's why hopefully we're starting to connect some of those dots because the, the kids are asking for the help. Uh, you know, it is like a, a student, I mean, like the kids I've talked about in the past who the good news on some of our data is our vaping numbers have gone down since pre-pandemic. I shared that with staff. Yep. Gone down pretty dramatically. And it's because the kids realized, oh, this isn't fun and games anymore. This is addicting. Because we're right. getting increasingly kids coming to us saying, look, thanks for busting me, uh, you know, vaping. I, I, I need help. Know. Right. So. Well, you know, I wrote a letter in, in May... <laughs> In May of 2020, because I was I was so um, because I had two classes of seniors and I was just really feeling for them. I mean, once I got over that whole, how do I build an airplane while it's flying to teach a class online without any books, um, and I and I could come up to breathe after two or two and a half months of the pandemic, um, I wrote this letter that basically said in uh that this was a hundred year cycle from from 1918 when the when when the global pandemic happened with the uh, uh influenza and that there was never a greater rate of change i think in the history of the world than there was between say 1890 and 1920 it, and the revolution of women cutting their hair uh wearing pants um, uh, the, the discoveries of Einstein in art, the, the disconnection, the discontinuity of art um, that, that was also a hallmark of things that were modern, whether that was modern poetry with Rimbaud or, or, or Picasso and Cubism. I mean, in every aspect of life, whether it was the theater with Ibsen, um, the uh, physics, again, with, with Einstein, th- that everything broke and shifted 
and exploded in the 20s. You know, the jazz age yeah. was was a result of this explosion of energy. And and I and I wrote in this letter to these the seniors, especially that rather than get discouraged because we can't go outside right now, think to yourself, how am I going to use my energy? How am I going to ride this explosion? And, and, and the whole, and the, also the idea of having been on retreats, anytime you put all this energy inside and don't put it outward day after day, after month, after, you know, week after month, it builds. And, that was part of the explosion of the summer with the George George Floyd protest. I mean, that was the event that, but it was if it wasn't that event, it would have been something else that would have caused that giant explosion in the country because people had been pent up and built up for months. Um, I, I agree, and and what I saw, I, I actually included this in my graduation speech um, that next year is the, when they came back. They came back hot. Like they yep. were ready to go. And it was great in a lot of ways. Like uh, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but that first football game, the kids were completely out of control and throwing water bottles and it was just pandemonium. And when I ask them stop, they go, oh, okay. I mean, they were super compliant because they just right. didn't know any better. Like, oh, we're not supposed to do that. I'm like, no, guys, maybe don't throw a full water bottle at somebody's <laughs> head. They're like, okay, cool, cool, no problem. <laughs> like they were really great about it. They just didn't know any better. Um, <clears throat> so... They did come back and they're, they, they've used the energy, like this excuse of COVID did this, COVID did that. And like, we need to get over it and let go. It happened. You can't go back. Right. And the kids right now are doing good stuff. But when we keep pointing to COVID as this thing that messed them up, it's like we're, we're undermining the, the resilience in them. Because That's right. they did, kids are adaptive and they came back. Yes, some kids are still struggling and had some impact on certain students for sure. Not, uh, I'm not going to um, try to dismiss that, but if we just keep hitting this same topic, um, we're missing the good things the kids have done and the resilience they built through it and the creativity they're showing right now. And yet the world is still doing all this stupid stuff that is right. depressing them. And right. they, they want us to do better. And that's our responsibility is to do better for them. Mm -hmm. What else are we doing as parents if we're not trying to make their lives better? And we can't just try to make their lives better with this myopic singular focus on an elite college. That doesn't necessarily make their life better. We have to broaden our view. Well, and, and for anybody that is really, you know, if you, if you have the uh, self-awareness to say, you know, that's me and I, and I, and truthfully, having been raised in a family where my dad worked at university, education was everything, you know, sister went to Harvard, I have two master's degrees, everyone in our family has a master's degree. Uh, education was primary and great schools were important. So the point is that last night I watched Michael Phelps's, uh, it's on HBO, it's, I'm sorry, they rebranded re it to Max, something no one's ever heard of, which sounds like X. But on Max, uh, it, it was about the 2020 Olympics, but the mental health of Olympians. And uh, yeah, they've got yeah. Sean White. Um, it, it, it's an incredible group of Olympic mm -hmm. heroes. But they talk about the lack of support and being used like a commodity. You know, this unbelievable attention from the age of 7 or 8 or 12 to get to the Olympics and the letdown and the depression post-Olympics um, and, and whether you decide to grind for another four years, eventually you're going to have to retire at 20 or maybe 30. Um, they highlight five different Olympic athletes that had uh, uh, died by suicide in, in the last couple of years from when this was made. It was just really, really um, powerful, well done. Michael Phelps puts himself out there. I mean, that guy, talk about a real champion. Uh, he talks about his DUI, you know, those arrests he had because he had two. Yeah. The public shame, the fall from grace. Um, and, and in the end, he says, you know, yes, we're Olympic heroes or Olympic athletes, but we're also human, right? And so, of course, we get affected. But I think for kids, young adults, whether it's awards in high school, um, going on to great schools, when you graduate, you know, if it's always just the thing, there is always going to be that shadow side of, okay, I've accomplished this. Now what, you know, what yeah. else, 
Yeah. You know, I finished med school. Am I just a doctor? Am I a person? Am I human? How am I addressing that part of me? And of course, parents, empty nesters have to deal with this. After 20 years of your, with your kids, who am I when they leave? And we've talked about this before, and I think um, we're going to... I'd really like, I think, our last episode of this season to be focused on what's next. And mm-hmm. this episode also is going to be a little more um, solution-oriented. I don't, like, as they say, I'd rather light a candle and curse the darkness. I don't want to just sit here and poke holes on what's wrong. But right. that's a long way of saying that what also was in this article is that, so the kids were asked an open-ended question, and... uh uh, about the most important thing that could be done to improve the lives of children. Uh, one in five, so 20%, said improving and reforming the education system, which I... Well, that's where they spend their time. Right. And, and as they said, so the other quote was, they are currently bored, tired, and pressured, and that um, students report that school just feels outdated. We've got this model that we all understood you know, that worked for us in a different time. And they're looking at us like we're crazy. So they're just sitting around going, waiting for us to change this. But they're sort of numbed to try. They tend to be issue oriented. The article talks about that. Like uh, the current generation is very focused on particular issues. Uh, um, Likely because of growing up where everything's an issue. Yes, (laughs) true. Um, But they're issue oriented. But um, uh the system that we've put them in for seven hours a day doesn't support that. And to hear those three words together, bored, tired, and pressured. So, and they're not pressured and bored. Like those two (laughs) things together. Like typically when I feel pressure, I'm not bored. So they're saying those two things go together. That's something we as educators, as an education system, we have to look at this and say, we're not serving them. This model doesn't work the way well, and we then need you to get, work. You get the resistance uh, of either the, 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 uh, the, I mean, and the resistance is going to be more in the form of a wet noodle where you're trying to push the wet noodle across the table and it's apathetic to the point of I'm not involved and I'm not engaged. I'm bored. I, I don't want to play. I'm going to see right. where this analogy goes, but I'm skeptical. Okay. <laughs> well, the analogy How many wet noodles are you pushing across tables and why? Oh, you have little kids. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. But, but really, I mean, is there anything more? I mean, if you've ever taught a 15-year-old kid that's apathetic, bored, and doesn't want to do it, it it's like pushing a wet noodle across the table. Oh, like, for sure. It's very difficult. Yeah, and you and and in the end, you quit, or at least they wait until you quit. Yeah, they just they will help. wait you out. They're incredibly you patient. Believe it. Yeah, you know they'll hand you their pencil and you do it, and then you walk away and I stop again. And I mean, it's a challenge. So yeah, yeah. But is know, it because getting... is it because we've got a system that does not fit their current needs, and and I think. I'm looking at so we're we're about 45 minutes into this, and so we. I was going to say, we if you want to get opt, <laughs> I just right. was five minutes ago when you said you wanted to get optimistic at the end of mm-hmm. this, I'm like, well, look for part two. Well, yeah, we we weren't sure, listeners, whether we were going to make this a one part or a two part, and guess what? It's a two parter. So <laughs> I've got 12 pages of notes I haven't touched yet. I do too. I've got a whole thing of the because so what Don and I did, so you know, uh, the second part of this episode is going to be we were to pick five things that uh, are better about education now than they were for us in the 80s. And we weren't going to tell each other what we've picked. So well, there'll probably be some crossover. And uh, and so... Uh, and, and then we said, let's do a two-parter and pick 10. So... You picked 10? Did you pick I 10? I have 10. I have more than 10. Oh, so I, now I got to do five more? Okay. Not necessarily, because you can have some of mine. I mean, I've got no, so much... No, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. <laughs> The whole idea well, was that I we would. I think that we end up doing a three-parter. For the, he Who, did not tell me he was doing honk your horn if you want to do a three-parter. <laughs> Don't honk horns. Don't honk horns. Um, no, I think we need to do because I've got a lot. Because okay. and this is important and it's and it's no, vital. I don't disagree. Um, and it's also interesting because I think for parents, it's it's. I, I mean, I am amazed. Floyd was sick. He had the snot thing that every kindergartner has on the planet right now. And, uh, yum. 
the 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 number hope you're um, not eating while you're listening to this the number they're driving uh the 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 number of different worksheets about math george uh george washington and abraham lincoln uh stanley did a venn diagram about what's similar and what's different it was a really cool project that uh his teacher did i didn't know um, what a venn diagram was until college that's the point like they're doing like legitimate reading writing stories i mean the amount of work they do in a day that is engaged um you know it's, it's not even preparation it's learning it's sight words and um but two days of stuff and, and there was a whole packet and, it, and she didn't necessarily expect us to do it um but I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is even at kindergarten, where I remember, you know, I remember the tying my, I, I tied my shoe. One thing I can do that my kids can't do I'm yet. I'm going to need you to finish one of these sentences. Just pick one, <laughs> one of the sentences and finish one of them. I can tie my shoes. Okay. We finished one sentence. I don't know when what we that were, has to do with what we're going to do next five, on the next episode. In my but. kindergarten class, <clears throat> I cut out a shoe and we put a, a yarn in it and we would tie it. When you got to tie it, you've got a little ribbon and you put it up on gotcha. the wall. Okay. Right? Yeah. My kids use Velcro shoes. <laughs> I've surrendered that fight, but now we got soccer cleats, so I got to have them tie them. For sure. But, but I was doing none of this actual, you know, I, I, I don't know that I even knew who Abraham Lincoln was or George Washington or you know, one grew up in a log cabin and the other one had a cherry tree. I mean, that stuff all happened later. Right. But so why then is that fading? Because the current a group of kids that are in uh, high school also had different pedagogy than you and I did. And I know we're going to talk right. about this in the, in the next episode, but at some point that fascination, the enjoyment that Floyd and Stanley are having right now in school Mm -hmm. dies and i don't doesn't fade i'm telling you it dies you and i have seen it in kids right exactly what you're talking about the 15 year olds i don't need this i don't need you this isn't giving me anything you're just hassling me so i i'm checked out i'm legally supposed to be here and so i'm just gonna kill time the phone the the, yeah. the technology the computer they have access what i want to know i can find i you know in preparation for this article i googled uh, examples of 21st century school lesson plans, and in 0.32 seconds, I got 465 million results. Yeah, I did not look at all of those. <laughs> in fact, I didn't even look at, you know, a million of them. But if I want, you know, it, the, the amount of overload of finding whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. Floyd and Stanley had a lesson. Uh, because it's Black History Month, they did. They both did a lesson on um, Stevie Wonder and music and musical instruments. But there was a clip from 1973, Sesame Street, and him and Grover yeah. learning to sing so about loud. <laughs> and, oh, it's so good! It is so yeah. funny. Yeah. And I, of course, I was so happy that they're watching Stevie Wonder. And um, but we watched it again this morning. But they know they knew the whole shtick and were making Grover's, they were singing like Grover before I even played it again. And then when I played it, I'm like, oh my God, you're doing exactly what he did do in the clip. So any parent out there listening right now, if you're going to pick one thing for your kids to watch, anything Sesame Street or Muppets related, just grab it right now. You right. will raise a quality individual if they are raised on anything Muppets. <laughs> I cannot endorse the Muppets anymore. Insightful, clever i mean I, I just unapologetic huge fan yeah well on that note um the last line of this article which i think will lead us into episode two so sorry everybody we're gonna leave you hanging a little bit on the optimist part of this uh, a little bit of cliffhanger so you'll have to wait a couple weeks for the the next episode but the the end of this article um was talking about that the number one concern for most people is the economy typically is the economy for adults Right. And what they said here is, you're missing what people want in the economy. Investment in children is central to the economy, both to young people and to adults. And I think 
that's absolutely right. We tend to think of the economy as business, as commodifying things, as you said, with Michael Phelps, and we commodify everything and just get ads out there so we can raise profits. We're missing the point when we do that. People want us to invest in our kids in the right way and have a structure that supports them rather than just slap advertisements on their back. Uh, um, and so I, I really thought that was an important, like, switch to flip uh, for us all to understand that it, that those two things aren't separate. There isn't the economy and our kids; they but, are together. But that's like saying, you know, oh, it's politics; it's not personal, right? Right. I mean, politics is personal, mm -hmm. whether that's women's health or because we're we're preparing our kids for the economy. Those two things need to be connected. You know, it isn't specific job training, as, as you said. They don't know what job they're necessarily going to have next because it probably doesn't exist yet. It, correct. So, I mean, we have to prepare them to deal with whatever's next. That's that resilience piece. That's that that part where it's like, okay, things are going to happen. Businesses are going to fail. Then what are you going to do? You mm -hmm. know, if we, again, if we keep blaming COVID, COVID did all this stuff. Okay, well, what happens when their business fails? Are they going to open a restaurant? 80% of them die within a year. Right. So are you going to teach them how to go, okay, well, that restaurant didn't work. Let's move on to the next one. Let's try something else. I, I, I really like that they connected those, those two uh, issues. And I think to end this optimistically, with an optimist, uh, optimistic close, is that we're seeing it in education right now. It's getting shouted down and ignored a little bit. And I think uh, we talked about it in our episode Exposed about what what was exposed during the pandemic, mm -hmm. what people mm -hmm. thought was going on in education, what's really going on in education. So in the second part of this episode, we're going to focus on, uh, Don's going to focus on 10, and I, apparently I'm only focusing on five. This uh, is going to be the second of three-parters. This is going oh to be our gosh. first three-parter. Yeah. Um, but I want to give my optimistic close. Okay. Because um, what was optimistic for me was in looking at again, 21st century uh, school lessons and plans, I was amazed at how much good, well, and isn't this something? I shouldn't have been amazed, I guess, because I'm a good teacher, but I was amazed at how future thinking and real world oriented and relevant the, the, the work that I had kids doing, especially as a result of and after COVID, because I completely got rid of the book. Like getting rid of the textbook frees a teacher and also forces a teacher to be much more responsible about how you're going to meet this, the standards. And whether that was stock market games or, or, or car buying activities for, you know, this was a business math financial literacy class, which is, of course, very relevant in the real world. But I was, I was happily surprised at how focused I was about what is relevant in the 21st century for education. So it's happening now and it has been happening in schools, I would say really since the 90s, because it's technology that shifted things. Yeah, yeah. The difference is that technology now has shifted from five years ago, from 10 years ago, mm -hmm. from one year ago. It's things shifted since the fall. Correct. I'm not kidding. It is what has well, happened on my campus has changed just since August. You can I can name two things, not just ChatGPT and AI, but also uh, um, uh, Apple Vision mm -hmm. and the idea of introducing VR headsets. So you know whether that's going into the Grand Canyon, going into medieval castles, going into the plague. I mean, think about the uh, the the degree of reality and. Um, and in a matter of five or 10 years, putting on those goggles and experiencing the depression or, you know, like you could create lessons that are so meaningful. Um, although I think at the same time, whenever we use technology, we often ask a kid to not reuse their imagination or their own creativity. There right. I mean, yes, like the difference was, between a video yeah. and reading a book. Mm -hmm. So well, you know, hey, that's it. Don't don't hate on. Don't hate on movies. Don't start with me. I'm not. I, again, I didn't. It's the great American art form. It's the most powerful art form out there because whether you can read or not, it still has a uh, an impact on you, an emotional impact. Don't start with me. You know I'm a film major. I will go all day. This will be a five-parter if you want to go that direction. A <laughs> five-parter be kicking your ass. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to go to stained glass windows of 
the medieval churches of 1400 France. What are you talking about? What? I'm talking about the very first oh, the VR pictures again? that people saw of the Bible that oh, okay. when they couldn't okay. read. All right, gotcha. Yeah. Right. Again, visual, a visual medium. But I don't, and there were churches in the 1400s. Yeah. Notre Dame was 1300. You want me on, you want to play Trivial Pursuit? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I'll get the entertainment uh, question every time. The science of Are nature one, not so much. This, this episode went very fast and... Sure did. So we have um, sort of whetted the appetite for what's next in terms of those... Uh, positive pieces. So Don and I are going to hit that in our next episode. Uh, and I hope you tune in. I hope you got some insights out of today. And we're looking if forward to having you back. If you're listening to this and go, oh, please don't stop. We just, I, I want to hear more. Uh, go back and re-listen to Rocky. Call your friend and share Rocky's information. If you know somebody in a position of power, have them listen to that second part of Rocky's uh, um, where he really talks about the, the politics of what's going on um, because, you know, it's real. And, 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 and as, as Americans and as we've got to do something. And if in the interim, we've hit a lot of different topics. I know we've been all over the place today, but it's because as we build this podcast, we're hitting some big topics. So now might be the time to go back and re-listen to a couple, whether it's Minefield or... Um, uh, go back to the, the, the meta lawsuit ones, uh, talk, you can learn more about what's going on with social media, but now's a good time while you're waiting for us to, uh, talk about all these positive things that we're going to bring to you. We've teased you with this, uh, to get caught up on some past episodes and then we'll be with you in a couple weeks to share what we think is going on. That's so great in classrooms right now. Have a great day. Thank you for joining. That's all for today's episode. If you found our conversation thought-provoking and want to know more, you can find resources and guest photos on Instagram at Best for Kids Podcast. If you'd like to join the conversation, please email us at bestforkidspodcast at gmail.com. And to help us keep this conversation going, please rate and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. But more importantly, we hope you stay curious and keep asking, what's, what's best, best for kids? kids?